Blog Talk Radio. Let's build a world. Make it look better than this one. Light the old one up. Watch it burn from a distance. A yellow flame light. I can see in your eyes. Cause this new world will be. It will be. Our biggest prize. Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Dose of Dr. Gwen. Today is Friday, April 16th, and it is almost the start of spring vacation here on the East Coast. We have a, um, a funny holiday called Patriot's Day on Monday, which I know a lot of you celebrate, but it's actually a uh, state holiday here in Massachusetts. The Boston Marathon happens, and it's a big deal out here on the East Coast. People flock in from all around the world, and it looks like it's going to be a rainy and a cold one, so the runners are all gearing up to have a very cold Monday, it looks like. In fact, it's about 40 degrees here in the Boston area, and it's raining, and I hear white stuff is going to be falling, so I'm a little unhappy about that. But April vacation is always a challenging time for my family because screen turnoff week falls during that week and we always end up going somewhere where there are a ton of screens. In fact, I'm not just saying a ton of screens. We end up in New York City usually and Times Square is just the mecca of screens. I do try to get my family unplugged during spring break. It's a good time for us just to free ourselves of the tetherness of computers and iPhones and Blackberries and iPods, but we end up in the middle of Times Square where there are screens everywhere and TVs and in cabs and screens in our hotel rooms and even in the elevators. So it is a very big challenge. So I thought this was the perfect time to do a show on how do you possibly be screen-free during April vacation, especially since a lot of us go places where there are just screens everywhere. This screen issue is a gigantic one. Let me quote you um, some studies without going too overboard because it's shocking when you start thinking about the amount of screens that we all use every day. I'm willing to admit I am a total screen addict. Just today alone I've had my computer on and for doing this show, I actually have two screens on. I've got my laptop so I can see the switchboard in case somebody calls in and it reminds me how many minutes I have left of the show. I have another screen up, a portable screen, so I can see the chat room and it looks like American Heroes Radio is visiting in the chat room, so I just said hi to them on my little keyboard and I have Twitter up in case people wander by that, so I have that going on the side. I have my iPhone next to me in case somebody pings me on that. And so I have a bunch of screens just sitting here in front of me, three in fact. The iPhone is silent at the moment, which is good, but I have these two screens going, and that is a lot of screens. And then throughout the rest of the day, we might have the TV flipped on, or we might um, watch a movie. So in a given day, I have at least one, two, three, maybe four screens that I personally will view sometime during the course of my day. My kids will at least be inundated with probably the same amount because they also have their um, MP3 players, which now come with screens, and they are glued to the TV certain times a day, although we um, do try to limit that as much as we can. You know, we're not one of these families that tries to limit 
kids too much. They work hard during the day. So as long as they have their homework done and their after-school activities done and dinner's done, we actually let them watch some TV. And I'll get back to that a little bit later. But let me quote these statistics because these are just staggering. So, um, and I got to tell you, these are recent statistics. I went to Nielsen Wire and they follow this really closely. This is as of March 22, 2010. And the title of this is Americans Using TV and Internet Together. 35% more than a year ago. So just think of that. People have their TV going and their Internet. Now, sometimes you can do that at the same time, actually. From your TV, you can get Internet. And we can do that. Um, you can toggle your screen right there on the TV. You can actually access your Internet from your TV if you want. But a lot of times, people will actually have their laptop on their lap or their um, BlackBerry or iPhone with them while they're watching TV. I've witnessed this happen in my own home. I've seen this when we visited friends. I've even seen when you go to the movie theater, people will watch a movie and whip out their iWhatever or BlackBerry while they're watching the movie. They just silence it, and they don't care about the little uh, warning ahead of time. Um, please don't do that. But according to Nielsen, and these, um, they do quarterly reviews, that people are using, um, in the last quarter of 2009, they are using the Internet while watching TV three and a half hours a month. That's up 35% from 2008. That is a lot. So that's 60% of viewers all ages. So if you look at the percentage of people um, using both simultaneously, as I said, it's 60%. Time spent um, doing that, um, and this includes DVRs, by the way. It looks like each week that's about 35 hours of TV with two hours of time-shifted TV during, with a DVR. So and we are glued to these screens. If you look at age by age, they have a nice little table that starts about two years of age and goes all the way up through 65 years of age. But just looking at an average family, maybe going up through 50 years of age where people are in the house with teenagers, on traditional TV, Kids 2 through 11 are watching about 25 minutes of TV a week. Kids in the um, 12 through 17 age range are watching about the same amount, 23 minutes um, a week. Actually, these are hours. I'm sorry. These are hours a week. 18 to 24 are watching 26 hours a week of traditional TV. Um, the adults in the household are in the 30-hour range. So that is a lot of hours a week. Um, I would imagine some of the families are watching this together, and other times the kids are watching it alone. Time-shifted TV, everybody is in the one to two-hour range. Adults are watching more time-shifted TV than kids, uh, which makes sense in given families because you're DVRing everything and then watching it later when your kids are asleep. I watch almost everything on DVR, I have to tell you. That's a more convenient way to watch in a busy family. Um, and I do find ads annoying. We all get inundated with um, the influence of ads, and I'm hoping to do a show um, in the coming months on the influence of ads on our kids because I think that's a huge media issue, and I'm very concerned about the influence of ads on young kids, um, especially with screens and Internet. There was a good uh, reference to it on the Good Morning America show today about how we're all getting really inundated with ads on the computer, and I find that incredibly annoying, and I think with our kids on computers more and more, we have to be 
a little bit vigilant about that. In terms of watching videos on the Internet, believe it or not, our young kids are watching videos on the Internet down to the toddler age. You just have to watch parents hand the kids an iPhone or a BlackBerry and turn on YouTube. So it's starting very young. And mobile subscribers, um, as soon as kids have cell phones, they are on watching videos a disproportionate amount for the teenagers um, than the older people. So we are all glued to these screens. Now, um, in terms of other statistics, I'm not going to talk too much more about statistics, but I do want to just let you know about a cool report you might want to look up on the Internet called Kaiser Generation M2, hot off the presses in the last couple of months. And this is sort of the definitive report that talks about what our kids are doing online for all mobile use and all high-tech use. And it's a great report that sort of captures how our kids use technology and their amazing ability to multitask and summarizes this the sort of screen use thing. And basically, our kids, 8 to 18, are incredible multitaskers, and they are totally on screens all the time. For TV alone, um, well, actually, any entertainment media, they are in a typical day using some sort of type of media um, close to seven and a half hours um, throughout a day. So basically, their entire work day they're using something. Now, so that might be homework. They might be glued into their iPod. I was at um, a business meeting the other day, and every single teenager who wandered in was plugged into something, whether it was their phone, their iPod, they had a computer in their hand. This is the plugged-in generation, so they're on something. If you add media multitasking where they're using two things at once, that number goes up to the 10-hour range. So our kids are plugged in. No question about it. People ask me a lot, well, does it have detrimental effects to the kids? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. It really depends on the child. Some kids can multitask incredibly effectively and block out the noise. Their social lives aren't impacted. They can get offline appropriately and focus on school and after-school activities. For some kids, though, they really can't handle the multitasking, and they need some official guidelines from us about time to turn off, let's go focus on homework or play a game. And I'm going to get to that in a couple of minutes, how to get offline, because I think these weeks that are artificial where we force ourselves offline are really healthy. Now, in terms of portable screens, this is where consumption has really gone up for our kids and why an upcoming week like next week that forces ourselves to think about turning screens off is so important. There has been a gigantic increase in portable use for our kids in mobile media consumption. According to Kaiser, it's almost doubled, up from 39% in Kaiser's original uh, report, Kaiser Generation M, to 66% for cell phones um, and 18 to 76% for iPods and MP3 players. And as I mentioned earlier, those things all have screens now. Uh, Kaiser has proven that parents don't have media rules. Very few, only about 3 in 10 kids report their parents have any kinds of rules. And most kids have a TV in their room. This report showed that. So we um, basically, this report kind of parallels what we know from Nielsen. Kids are plugged in. Kids are online. Kids use a lot of screens. So now the question is, what do we do about it? You know, like what am I going to do next week? I'm heading down to New York. My kids are going to be in the city with me. We're going down to see a show, so that will be good. Well, we're bopping about New York. But, you know, I was hoping to not have any screen time, and here we are. Well, I think part of it is, you know, while we're in um, the city, what we usually do is we stay incredibly busy. The way I plan a, a week like this is we start off visiting relatives. We keep all the screens off. We, um, I will not be using my um, iPhone, and I tell everybody I'm away. So everybody who knows me um, already knows that, well, I'm, 
semi-home next week and then heading off to New York, I'm on vacation. So I'm starting off with a staycation and then going off on vacation, and I will not be checking email, um, doing any work, or um, responding to any, you know, media inquiries or anything like that. I am truly going to be on vacation, and I'm going to stick to that, and my kids will see me do that. So, um, you know, we'll call home because my husband does have to work next week, and we'll talk to dad. Um, when, as we usually do, but other than that, we're not planning on using our cell phones. And when we're in the city, what we do is we plan our day. So we're so busy, we're not going to be in the room watching TV, and we're not going to be doing things like seeing movies. We're going to be doing things like going to museums and uh, going to shows. You know, we're going to see a Broadway show, and we're going to go out to eat, and we're going to um, do some window shopping, and we're going to be everywhere that there are no screens because that's what we're in the city to do. And we're, we're um, in Long Island visiting relatives. We're going to go visit relatives, and we're not going to flip the TV on. We're going to talk to people and keep the screens off because that's, again, what we're there to do. And when we have downtime, um, we'll read books. We're going to bring some books down, and um, my family loves board games. We love playing Scrabble and you know, that kind of thing. So we're going to pull those out, and we're going to really make a conscientious effort to not do the types of things that we would do if we were just hanging at home where the Wii was free and maybe there was a DVD available. And we're just going to kind of get through the week. Now, the first few days will be easy because we're not going to be in Times Square. So, you know, we're, again, you know, this is how you plan your week. You just say, okay, no screens. If you have to hide the beepers, I know a lot of families that will do that. Take the Wii controllers and put them in another room. Take your TV beepers and put them in another room. Now, if you decide you want to be screen reduced and not screen free, you can do that too, where you can say, all right, we're going to be um, screen reduced through the day, but maybe watch a, a movie together, a family-friendly movie at the end of the day, then pull out the beepers and put on a DVD to wind down at the end of the day. That can sometimes be helpful if you have small kids at home. I wouldn't want you to have a hellacious end of the day trying to wind down your kids either. But it, it really, you can, um, you, you know, that's more for you than your kids because I think you'll find after a day into this, your kids can settle in bed without TV. You can read to them. You can even put on music for all of you to listen to. The key is just not to be plugged in by headphones. Put it on the radio or put on a um, CD so you can all enjoy the music together. And I think you'll find you'll create more of that old-fashioned experience that we had at home. I found a couple websites that described um, some experiences of other people when they tried to get unplugged. If you go to a website called Technology Sabbath, they describe a movement where just like uh, people who are religious take a Sabbath, they advocate taking a technology Sabbath routinely and fitting it into your week. People that have tried this um, or tried to take a technology break routinely will describe that you almost get the jitters. It feels weird to not have your plug in your ear or be tethered to your phone and you can almost feel like you're missing something but if you make it part of your routine then when you decide to do it or go on vacation or you don't have it you don't miss it so if you go kind of cold turkey next week which is um, the official national screen turnoff week then you will find yourself kind of freeing yourself from that need to check blogs and email you'll realize life goes on that 
that you're not missing out on something, schedule it into your regular week, perhaps once a weekend, just like you would if you were celebrating a Sabbath, if you were religious, have yourself have a technology-free day, whatever day that is going to be, Saturday or Sunday or even a day during the week where you just leave your phone at home. Whatever you think you're going to miss, you really won't. You could have a phone turned on vibrate for emergencies if you think you need that. But we used to all survive just fine without cell phones, and we can do it again if we really needed to. It's good for our kids to see that as well. They don't need the vibration of their texting from their friends all the time. And if you have kids who text, watch them closely as they get texts from their friends because initially they enjoy it, but then they can cross over to this point where they almost get nervous, where they don't know how to disconnect. I know my teenagers do that. Um, As a lot of you know, I've got two kids, a 12-year-old who's almost 13, and a 15-year-old who's almost 16. And as the day winds down, they almost go into technology fatigue. So what we've started to do is give them gentle reminders as it approaches maybe 7.30, 8.00, at night, everyday routinely, just shut it off. Just shut off your phone completely. Power it down. Power down Facebook. Tell people that you'll get to them the next day. And as they've done that more routinely and they see us doing that, they start feeling better. They kind of collect themselves. They're able to, we're all able to sit around the table as a family and talk. And they find that very freeing and um, it's less noise. My oldest daughter will tell me sometimes she feels there's a lot of noise in her day. And we've been able to point out that some of that noise is from the constant bombardment of technology in her life, that she and her friends feel this need to connect all the time. And that can create a lot of noise and create a lot of distraction. Now, in terms of family meals, one, um, one place that a lot of experts have been focusing on is the value of the family meal, but an unplugged family meal. Try this out next week where all of you just, um, whether you're on vacation or whether you just are not having school vacation, but you just try it out in your week, where you have an unplugged family vacation where everybody puts the phones, turns them off, puts them in another room. You don't have the TV off. Just have a nice meal where you all talk, share stories about your day, Um, you know, even if you order in pizza, but you're all around the same table, it's very freeing. You'll find you connect with each other much better. And if you're a regular part of your day, even if it's a family breakfast or if you're all home around a time to have a snack before bed, whatever it is, if you can get around that meal table once a day, that is probably the best way to bond as a family and the best um, emotional and developmental protection for our kids. Studies have actually shown that kids who have that in their life once a day, and actually the magic number is five, if you can get that five times a week for them, it's very protective about helping them stay nurtured, feel loved, and protect them against things like wanting to do drugs and alcohol, and um, they actually do better in school. So there is a body of science around this. And sometimes the best times to try this is around vacation, because we do have a harried life. People come and go. Some families can't accomplish this with both, fam- both parents at home. Don't worry about it. It's not a huge deal. You can just go with who you have at home and then regroup on the weekends when you're all home. I don't um, like to advise people to do things that are artificial for your life. So if mom and dad aren't both home, alternate. Maybe mom sits around the table with everybody one night and dad does it the next and you all gather um, in the weekend, if you're in a single family home and um, or you have a split arrangement where the parents um, where mom and dad live in separate homes and the kids spend time in different homes, just make sure the kids spend time with each parent when they're 
when they're with the parent and that's protective, you want to just make sure that the kids are feeling the connection to each parent they're with and go with the arrangement that you have for those kids. So you want to just make sure that you preserve that and you do it without screens. So that is my um, advice for that. So next week, um, I'll, I'll continue to keep you all filled in. I'm not going to blog next week. I'm, I'm staying totally unplugged. But when I get back from vacation, I will uh, let you know how it's all going. In fact, actually, when I get back from vacation, I'm going away on another trip to a conference, and I'm going to attempt to stay unplugged for two weeks. That will be very interesting for me because, um, as you know, I'm kind of in this high-tech world, so I've never really gone that long unplugged. So I'm wondering how it will all go. So that will be quite uh, unique. Now, to help your friends stay unplugged, there's a really cool website called unplugyourfriends.com. When you go to it, it's very cool. You kind of get this um, earthy, crunchy message. It's got this nice floral background, and it's got this cool, fun graphic on it. And then you can send this invitation that says, Dear Blank, I send this letter because I, and then it says care, because it's getting annoying, uh, because I'm not sure you're still alive, because um, I know what it's like, or because you're creeping me out, dude. And then you go to the next one, um, and it says, this is an intervention. It's time to admit you have a problem. You're addicted to, and then your choices are your computer, your Crackberry, updating your Facebook profile, instant messaging, texting, video games, downloading ringtones, or tweeting. And you, you just pick the one that you want. I'm worried you're going to become, and then you get to choose, become a LOL cat lady, become develop enormous thumbs. You're going to become a zombie. You're going to forget how to say words out loud, or you're going to legally change your name to Ferret LVR 83 So I think uh, those are great choices. And then the final choice is when's the last time you, and you can choose saw the sun, laugh out loud instead of lol saw a text fit for five minutes, asked a human being instead of asking Google, saw an uncaptioned cat, did something not involving a screen. So I think this is a really great tongue-in-cheek way of grabbing your friends who are always online or always living on Facebook and saying, dude, get offline. So I'm planning on sending this to a bunch of people. And actually, it ends um, by saying, I miss you. The world misses you. You need help. Watch this video. Set up a meetup or something. And this is actually sponsored by the meetup people. So uh, send this out to three or four people that you know today and try to get them on um, offline and uh, just kind of you know, set up a meetup. Set up something at Starbucks or your local park and just go for a walk. And with your kids, it's so easy to do things in the spring. I think the spring is a perfect time to get everybody offline because you can go, go for nature walks. You can have a picnic. You can um, have a barbecue soon. You can go and um, explore a city or explore a museum or just um, go for a drive and, and do something new. You, there's so many things you can do that don't cost a dime that are, are fun and exhilarating. Uh, when, you know, ask yourself, when's the last time I took a bike ride with my child or went for a walk or we just went outside and threw a ball? If you can't remember when the last time you did something like that was, you're probably online too much. And I know with friends, if you only exchange little quips on Facebook, you're probably online too much. You know, I, um, I have to admit, I don't go to Facebook too much. Facebook imports a lot of my posts um, sort of seamlessly, but I know a lot of people who just interact with other people through Facebook, and I've often wondered why. For me, Facebook is, 
is kind of just a way to sort of say hi to people and maybe interact with people who aren't in your own city. But if you're actually in the same city or town, I'm not sure why you'd have a conversation with somebody on Facebook when you can pick up the phone and talk to them or just um, use it as a, hey, uh, let's have dinner. So um, have dinner with your friends. Um, call a relative. Go have fun with your kids offline. But let's make next week the start of a sort of an unplugged movement. And what I'd love to see if we could do it is people not using any technology in cars, not using any technology in stores. I really hate that when you're about to order coffee and somebody ahead of you or behind you is, is on their phone talking to somebody. Not using technology in grocery stores or the mall. Let's just clean up the world and, and save cell phone conversations for privacy again and, and not text when we're in dangerous situations like the car and maybe not be plugged in so much that people can't have a conversation with you. And if we could go back to some of those basic P's and Q's, I think our society would be a lot happier, but that's just my opinion. But I also think our kids will grow up as adults having a lot more social sense and being a lot happier, too. I think for some of us, we're the last generation that remembers what it's like to be unplugged. So I feel a little bit of a burden to show my kids a slice of that and just give them an option. You know, they're growing up with all this technology as as very much a part of their life, and I don't really want them to have that much technology in their life because then my grandkids might never know what it's like to just take a walk through a park without something plugged into their ears, and that would be very sad. So unless we all want a world like Wally in the movie, I think we have to just get ourselves unplugged just a tad more. So let's start with next week and start by cleaning up our um, cars and our social places and see how it goes. So, um, you know, email me, drop me a DM, and let me know how your unplugged adventures go. I think we're all going to have a little bit of a struggle with this, but I have no doubt that it can be done. And I think we have to have it happen. It's just kind of the way, the way of the world. Let's get some of these um, statistics numbers down. Um, on, on another note, Mother's Day is around the corner, and that is what my next show is about. On Friday, May 7th at 11 a.m., uh, Jen Singer who is a journalist, a very funny author that a lot of you might know from um, her online work at mamasaid.net or her Good Housekeeping articles, which are hysterical. She is joining me to do a very special Moms Rock show. We are going to talk about everything moms, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Being a mom has been one of the um, probably the most wonderful and challenging experiences of my life, and I know Jen's life too. There's a lot of funny moments about being a mom, a lot of challenging moments. Um, it brings out the best and the worst of people, and we're going to talk about it all in, um, in three weeks. And I'm not going to have a show until then because I'm going to be unplugged next week and the following week. So I figure in the spirit of unpluggedness, I'm going to practice what I preach, and I hope you all do too. So everybody have a wonderful couple weeks, and I will um, see you when I get plugged in next. So everyone take care and have a wonderful couple weeks with your unplugged adventures. And I will take the show out with Joe Coolidge's story of my life.
Oh, my God.